All right, here we go. Oh no, who's that? That's not, that's not like John Gooch. I think I remember that. <laughs> oh man. Yes, here we it's been are. A long time. Huh? It's been a long time since I recorded that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, yeah, I had to break that out there and, and uh, just give you a little reminder. It seems like I did this last time I had you on. I think I, so. It's been, what, about a year? Yeah, caught, yeah I know it. I, uh, yeah, I think it was last week. <laughs> I know it. Well, yeah, here we are. It's about, what, about 5 o'clock uh, Monday. What is this, the 8th of February? Eastern, Eastern Standard Time, yes. That's right, all day long. And I'm looking at my big window here, the second story from my uh, dynamic downtown Hickory Corners. And uh, it's, it's extremely <laughs> dynamic downtown Hickory Corners. Well, you live, I, so you live in Hickory Corners now. Oh, I've been here for, wow, probably about five years now. Oh, okay. Well, I, last time when you went to my house there, help me with, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Sony Acid uh, recording <laughs> software. You still were in Babel Creek at that point, so I guess it's been a few years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I moved, uh, I moved out of that place back in, what, 2010, 2011, and then I was in a, a, another house, uh, I don't know, for a couple of years there. And then I found this place in Hickory Corners. Um, my girlfriend's old girlfriend who passed away and her son didn't want anything to do with the place. So we said, hey, we'll take it. So I went Very and, cool. went and bought it for a really good price. Yeah, it's an old uh, telegraph uh, building. Um, really? Yeah, telephone. It's a, yeah, it's a two-story. It was built in like 1900. They had something on this uh in, or yeah, inquire or BCK. It did a little um, write up on this little town here, uh, different little places right here in the four corners. It's it's really small. Though. I think there's only like what three hundred people here. And I haven't been there. I think this is kind of a crazy story, but I haven't been to Hickory Corners since uh, I bet you nineteen shoot uh, seventy eight. I went there <laughs> uh, back in my CB days, if you can believe that. Um, <laughs> And I bought a what's called a Turner Plus Two desk mic ah. uh, from a guy in, in Hickory Corners. I'll never forget that. And uh, you know, I, I'd been there a few other times, but I'm, I can't remember where it's at. It's ended up by like uh, uh, by Gilkey Lake or where Gilkey Lake Tavern used to be, or somewhere in that area. Oh God, yeah, that's about a mile or two from us, actually. Um, you know, yeah, that Gilkey Lake there, they that place went down years and years and years ago, and. Whoever bought that, they they tore half of it down and just made a like a storage area out of part of Is it. That right? You wouldn't know it if you went by it unless you knew exactly what you were looking for. It's yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> it's I used to have the best. Uh, Mother and I used to go out there. I, I played music there for years, but um, they had a, uh, a, a steak dinner or some. I think it was like Tuesday or something. And I remember one. Uh, for some, it's funny you bring that up. We were out there, and uh, my mother and I went out there for one of the, I think it was a steak night dinner or some deal, mm-hmm. and went there and got snowed in. And uh, oh, this is back probably shoot seventy seven, seventy eight, somewhere in that area. But oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been years. But Hickory Corners, man, I I haven't been there in <laughs> a long time. That, how how do you even get there? I mean, how do you get there from Battle Creek? Uh, you just run up 89 and um, coming out. You remember the old West Point Theater? I sure do. Yeah, yep. right there. You just go, uh, you just make a turn and head up M89 and then to, was it, 46th Street? Is that right? 46? Yeah, Hickory Corners Road. And then you just take a right and about, I don't know, three or four miles down the road, there's Hickory Corners. <laughs> Probably hasn't changed a bit either, John, I'm telling you. <laughs> It probably hasn't, you know. I do remember it, but I, I just like I say, it's been so many years that I I couldn't even remember how to get there. I, well, that, that brought back memories. Yes. I I tell you what, really, the only thing that's changed is they they redid the gas station right here at the four corners. There, they told tore the old one down, and then they built it up into a really nice one, gas station. Okay. And I used to come through here all the time. Speaking of Gilkey Lake and um, 
oh, what's that other one over there in Dalton? Prairie Schooner. Remember that place? Prairie Schooner. Yeah, that's still oh, that's that's been gone for years. I remember playing there too for years. Yeah. I, oh yeah, yeah. We made the rounds up through that, but cutting through here, even back in the early '80s, uh, really, there has been no change <laughs> to this area wow. at all. So in some ways, it's pretty cool, you know. I mean, they, people just don't want it to change, or they don't have the funding, or I don't know what the deal is. But some people just don't want to. Well, yeah. See things change, you know. But, well, that's it. You know. It's uh, really, you know. Except for Gilmore's, you know, the automobile place down the road, about a mile or two. Um, Of course, they keep building on here and there. But other than that, yeah, there's really nothing. (laughs) Just kind of quiet around here, except for in the summer. You know, you get a lot of bikes running up through here, cutting through, going to different places. It does get busy, you know. You know, and another thing I remember, now that I think about it, years ago, didn't they used to have jam sessions in Hickory Corners years ago? Um, Well, they had a little restaurant here. They used to be here, but they, you know, had a real quiet little three-piece or something playing. But no, I don't I don't remember that, if they did. It might have been, uh, might have been there, and, and then even before that, years ago, we used to go up there, and they'd have a CB, what's called the CB Coffee Break. Huh. Um, back in, in the day uh, where you go there, you know, a bunch of people uh, that were sea beers would all congregate in that in that area and out of the middle of nowhere. And I remember I had to get directions to get there and uh, look <laughs> at Battle Creek and uh, we'd go out there and you know, a bunch of people that were sea beers all get together and have coffee and I guess talk about each other or something. I don't know what the heck they did back then, but I was pretty young at, at that time. Wow. Yeah, I know CB was a pretty big deal there uh, for the longest time. You you know, I got one in my truck. It's brand new, and the only time I really get to use it is if there's, like, construction problems or accident up ahead, and then I just listen in to what lane to be in. But other than that, you don't get there's no... Really nothing, there's, there's really nothing better to have in your vehicle when you're traveling than a CB radio. Oh, yeah. Because you know, I mean, what what do you what, what what radio do you have? I got the little Uniden, little Uniden. It's uh oh, what is it? A seventy six, I think it's called. Is that right? Uniden, Uniden. Ah, I didn't know there was going to be a test, John. Damn it! I just I I just got online and spotted a typical Uniden CB that's just your basic unit. Let's see here. It's funny, I just bought one myself, a unit, and it's a Pro 520 or X, some little dinky thing that uh, had a really good receiver on it, so I bought it, but I haven't had a CB radio in years from being into ham radio. I just really never thought about getting one, but I, I remember one kind of a funny story. I, I, when we Before we bought our place down here in Florida, mm-hmm. we draw it down here, and, and I it was back when I got into ham radio 20-some years ago, and I had a... Uh, I put a two meter radio, which is a, a VHF. Uh, make a long story short, a ham radio that mm-hmm. that's nothing to do with CB. Anyway, <laughs> I put it in the car and I didn't think about it. And I drove all the way down here. I'm thinking, man, there's nothing going on here. Oh no! Come to find out, I, had a, I didn't have a CB radio. It was a two meter radio. And I told my <laughs> wife, I said, "Well, next time we go on a vacation or we go any place, we're going to put a CB in here." <laughs> I haven't had one in so many years. I forgot all about it. And, uh, now I got one in the car just so I can hear what's happening when you go from, you know, you want to go on any kind of a trip or you go 50, 60 miles and there's some kind of a an accident or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to hear what's going on because the truckers know what's happening most of the time. Oh, that's it. It's it. Yeah, the one I got is the PC-78, they call it, LTW. PC-7, yes, I know exactly. Yeah, it's a little bigger than the one I've got. It's a it's a nice perennial. Yeah. Well, I like it because you can adjust the, uh, the standing wave with it. I mean, it's not the most perfect way of doing it with the on the radio like that but i just wanted to get some because i got a shoddy little two-foot antenna that come with uh, the semi truck that i got and i don't expect much from it in fact when i try to talk to somebody every once in a while i'll get somebody maybe a mile down the road or something and it's probably uh, so what that probably is just an antenna tuner it just kind of makes the the transmitter happy it's not a it's not a deal that so in other words, you, you can make you can just tune in the antenna so that it makes the transmitter happy, and it's not a exactly you know a stand, standing wave bridge. It just basically does that so it doesn't burn the radio up. Exactly, yeah. that's the whole idea of it. Yeah, because yeah, you you push the mic down and then the uh, and, and and it 
as long as it's out of that red area, <laughs> I'm happy. Yep. Because I just want to listen more than anything, because there's really nothing going on <laughs> on the radio. No, that's, that's, all, that's what it's for, so you transmit. you Because, you know, standing way doesn't really do anything for you for, for receive. It's mostly transmit, so you don't burn your radio up, basically. So. Right. But, yeah, that's cool, man. I, I, I'm glad to hear you're, you're into that. You're still driving. You've been driving truck for years, haven't you? Yeah, I've been uh, doing it since 86. Uh, gosh, I've gone wow. well over a million miles accident-free, knock on wood. <laughs> Good man. Good yeah. man. Yeah, I just uh, actually just bought another truck, uh, was it last January? I had to buy another one. My my uh, second truck that I've had since I've been an owner-operator, finally it got up to a million, a little over a million, 300,000 on it, and I was getting a little <gasps> nervous, <laughs> nervous with it. And, no kidding. Yeah, it, it was a condo, uh, which means it was a sleeper in the back. And mm -hmm. at one time, I did a lot of traveling between Chicago and Detroit, so I'd just sleep anywhere. And it was nice going back there to sleep. But ever since, what, 2003, I've been with Maverick Express, and I'm, and I'm not out all the time. I'm only out maybe seven hours a day, maybe. I One million three hundred thousand miles. Oh yeah, she was still going strong, but it was just you know little little things were starting to get a little tired on. I was fighting with the lights, you know, and rusting. You think? <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, man. Ah, I dreaded giving it up. It was. Um, I, I got a buddy of mine, I kept talking to him about I was wanting to get a little day cab because that's all I need now. And uh, he finally found one down in Goshen, Indiana. And I went, you know what, uh, I'm going to grab that thing. So I put mine out in the back of uh, the place where I usually had it serviced at. I know those guys really well. So they said, yeah, you can park it out here. And, um, and before I know it, uh, I put it up on Craigslist. And uh, some guy out of Detroit kept bugging me, wanting it. And I kept telling him, I said, well, come on down and take a look at it. Let me know when you know you want to come down there, and I'll, I'll meet you down there. And we did this like three or four times, and he didn't show up. So he calls me again. I said, look, dude, just, just go down there. Give me a call when you get there. <laughs> and he yeah. he showed up, and uh, I, I told him how much I had to have for it. And he goes, okay. He goes, I've always wanted this kind of truck. And he just handed over a stack of bills, probably about three inches thick. <laughs> And this was in the evening. I have no idea who this guy is. We're out in the middle of the parking lot. You know, it's out back. And I thought, well, let's go inside here. We'll count this up, and I'll write your receipt and all that stuff, you know, because I, I was, like, nervous with that. And sure enough, would be <laughs> sure enough, here I got this, like, wad of cash on me, and uh, he drove off into the dark with it, and I never saw him again. So, What, what kind of truck was it? It was a Freightliner. Um, Freightliner. Yeah, FLD 120, they call it. It um, it had a, a Series 60 Detroit in it, over 60, okay. which was very popular. Them motors would go forever. And, uh, it, you know, it had a big, uh, you know, everything was huge on it. And it was just way more than what I need to what I do now. And I just said, you know, take it. And then I jumped right on this other one down in Goshen, and I haven't looked back since. So I lucked out. That's, cool. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You're gonna are you gonna go for you gonna retire? Are you just gonna keep on going for quite a few years yet? Or? Oh shit, yeah, I'll never retire. There is no way. You know, they always say if you get tired, then you should retire. And I'm not tired, so I'm always looking forward to going in. I love the job. Even in the winter, I look forward to it. It's, when, you, when you like your job, man, it's not a job. It's just kind of something you enjoy doing, you know. Well, that's it. You know, you have your days like anything else. But, no, I still sure. look forward to going in, and I get my weekends off. Um, it's, you know, it's just not wearing me down. And I still that's get good. paid just as good. So, what the hell? <laughs> I've been, yeah, I've been with Mavericks since, wow, what, 19 years now, I guess, seems like. Man, that is awesome. Whew. Yeah. So do you have anybody you have to, you know, uh, answer to, or do you just kind of, or do you have, do you just take off like these, do you just have somebody call you up and say, I need to have you do this, and you just go do it, or do you have like, well, a person you gonna... No, when I hired in with these guys, they uh, they had a dedicated run that they were trying to work out, and they wanted to know if I wanted to do it. So I said, sure. So I wound up doing that for like six and a half years, did the same thing every day. And then uh, when that dried up, I went to a different one, 
did that for probably three years same thing every day and now i jumped onto this one i've been on this one probably three years so i go in in the morning about uh i'm there at eight o'clock i go just around the corner hook up to the trailer it's already loaded i go make my moves and i come back i don't know about two or three in the afternoon drop the trailer and go home you know next day i go do the same thing again that's, those are pretty cool hours, man. Oh, dude. I mean, this right here, it took, you know, 18 years to get this <laughs> particular job. <laughs> well, that's cool. At least you're, you're liking what you do. Well, that's it. I mean, it's not, it's all regional stuff, you know. So, no, I don't mind it at all. I just, you know, just th- those days of going back and forth Chicago, Detroit, 18-hour days, you didn't know if he was coming and going. I had enough of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, well, you're not... Uh, a spring chicken anymore, man. You know, you... Oh, no, huh? No, I uh, I think back of, of all the, the goofiness that uh, there's stuff that went on that I wouldn't even tell my best friend. Just I never even told anybody because it just make them a nervous wreck when I go. <laughs> I can't even imagine, especially with going, you know, driving through some of the winter crap you had to deal with. Oh, dude. Yeah, there's, uh, oh, shit, yeah, there's still times I'll sit there and I'll think about them and I have to go think of something else. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> How am I still alive? I'm telling you what. Hey, um, are you are you still, are you playing anywhere, doing anything? No, you still I'm not. I'm not, Frank. I, I'm not anymore. I, I, I had a, a guy call me again about wanting to play yesterday and I just, you know, I, I never thought I'd ever come to this. And but people that know me for 40 years he said you come on you're still playing right because you kept telling me you're going to retire you're going to stop doing this <laughs> well i moved down here and i played probably i'm going to say maybe 10 times oh, okay. and and that's it i just i just don't i don't have any desire to do it anymore and the drummer that i played with um he uh i met him sight on scene i didn't i thought the guy that was with me knew who he was ah. and i we went into this jam session and i just found him yeah hey uh i got a friend of mine here that plays guitar and and i thought he knew who he was and he made kind of made some kind of embarrassing you know guess well do you have your amp i says no i i don't know who i don't even know where i'm at i just moved i just got here you know so the, uh, the guy says well can you go home and get your amp and i says i guess i went home and got my little pv that you borrowed i think for one gig oh yeah and, that's right and I, still, and I still have that just for something i can just plunk with it's, it's buried in my Anyway, so I came home and got that and played, and uh, I, I and, and he the guy played to, uh, like what do you call those little things uh, the bongo drums. And, oh uh, boy! And I had a guitar player that I thought they were banned. I didn't know what was going on. Oh, so the no. guitar player let me use his uh, just let me stand there and I played, and the bass player was there and the whole thing. Or some of these other guys and I played. And <laughs> next thing I know, after playing three songs, he says, "You are you available next week?" <laughs> And I says, yeah, I guess. I, I don't even where. <laughs> Over in Lakeland. And he says, okay, uh, be there at uh, 7.30, and uh, we'll play from 8 till whatever. <laughs> so I get there, and I thought he was the uh, – actually, he played guitar. And I thought he was another guitar player. So I get there, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting there. and says, well, are you going to go get your guitar? And he says, no, I'm all set up. That's my drums. That's why you play drums. <laughs> do, you, do you have anybody else in the band? Uh, well, yeah, I got uh, – uh, Alan, or Alan to be here. He's a really good bass player, black guy. And all of a sudden he shows up and I'm going, okay, this ought to be interesting. So what, <laughs> what are we going to do? So we had to play three sets, three and a half, and actually being four sets. Wow. So we all wrote, I sat there and wrote down a bunch of songs that I knew and they wrote theirs down and just kind of, you know, winged it. And next thing you know, we were part of, we were, we were banned, I guess. Oh. Uh, Blue Willie were called. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, so I, I met these guy. I met I I met the bass player about probably twenty minutes before I even played the gig with him. Nice. And, uh, and then we ended up playing probably four or five gigs. And I he, and through that he ended up uh, introducing me to some other guys that he played the band with also that were uh, kind of more of a classic rock band. Uh, they all you know good guys, good mm-hmm. players, uh, and end up. Go in the middle of nowhere in this or, orange uh, grove. The guy was a f- orange grove farmer or some deal. So we ended up getting there and started. We we ended up having a practice, and then the following week we started playing. I've had probably two or three gigs with them, and then about a week later, after the last gig, I got a call saying that the uh, the drummer that 
kind of got me into both of these things. I died, died of a massive heart attack. Oh, jeez, a crime. Uh, you know, so that kind of fizzled out, uh, you know, and so we, Man. I just kind of, we just kind of went our, they wanted to keep something going. And I just said, no, I, I, I didn't really want to do that. I just wanted to come down here and just say, you know, I, I don't want to, I just don't want to do it anymore. And mm-hmm. I've got a couple other people that called me up and I went and did a gig with them. And I just, uh, you know, not at night anymore. I don't want to play at night. So <laughs> do some things during the day and. And it's 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 just like a two till five thirty kind of a thing, you know, and and it'd be like at a uh, little uh, bar restaurant right on one of the lakes there, where people can drive their boats up, you know, and mm-hmm. come in and do the whole thing. And and I did a couple of those, and that was it. I just after that, I just didn't. I just I don't know. I don't have that desire to do it anymore. I, I love playing my guitar. I still play it every day. I'm learning new things. I've been really working on a lot of. Um, I think I told you last time some jazz and some yeah. pentatonic, um, just all kinds of different types of things that I've never done before because I've always had to, you know, learn mm-hmm. tunes to, to keep playing and learn the words and sing and <laughs> do all this sort of thing. But now I get a chance to sit down and just learn some new uh, new riffs and things I've never really had the chance to really do. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know what? You sound like the type of person you ought to go out and. Do like some of those guys do that have your attitude. Go out there with uh, a nice little setup, little backing tracks, and just. Yeah, I, th- I, I thought about doing. that. I've got some backing tracks going now, but I just I don't know. I don't really have the desire to do it. I I uh, I what I what I'll do if I get a I need to have my fix. I go someplace with a jam session. I can't even get myself even doing that anymore. Yeah. Uh, show it someplace, you know, and I'll just do a few tunes and. You know, and, you know, I'll say, well, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, thanks for the use of your amplifiers <laughs> and your everything else, and I'll just pack my guitar back up, and I'll go back home, and you guys can tear everything back down. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> don't have don't worry at about it, it anymore. <laughs> have at it. Oh, no. Well, I'm uh, I'm still going strong with Barefoot Blind. We're uh, just going to ask you how you're doing with that. We, uh, everything, as you know, come to a screeching halt back in March, and then there was a couple of times where things opened up a little bit. We were able to play a, a couple of places, but uh, that finally shut down. So now we get together every other Saturday and uh, just continually learning new songs. Um, we've got some stuff coming up, but uh, other than that, um, no, that's, I'm just learning these songs that julie's throwing at me and i've had some calls for to do the little two-piece thing and so i gotta get back up to snuff on that and i don't know i just just you know practicing quite a bit lately and and just hanging out waiting for things to open back up again you're really good at that i remember going to see you there at uh whatever the was it Springbrook at the time before it is what it is now there? Uh, oh, the golf course. Yeah, I saw you a couple times there, man. You got you really had that together with the the whole show there with the you know backing tracks, the drum tracks, <laughs> bass tracks, and the keyboards, I, and the whole thing. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that there. Back in the very beginning of that, I used to uh, program the drums parts myself. I would string them together and put them all to, uh, get good, them man. Get it really sounded good. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun, and it's you know it's never ending with that. I mean, it it was really a never ending thing trying to get that perfected and get it just right, get the sound the way you want it and everything, get the backing tracks just the way you want. And yep. I got a site that I go to where I get my backing tracks now, and you can break them down, you know, take out different instruments, whatever you want to do, and then you just download them, and then you play to that. Now. I'm actually using those backing tracks, so when, like, Julie comes up with songs for us, I'll head right for that. I'll pull out the guitar parts, just leave the drums, the bass, maybe a little keyboards or whatever, and then I'll play to that. So then when I get to actual practice, you know, I'll I'll, kind of have it figured out with my sound along with the the band, and it's kind of a nice way to cross over and go to live practice and, and get them down like that. You know, and when you do that, you find yourself actually having your part down even better. Yeah. When you when you, when you put it all together, because you're, it, it splits things up. Mm-hmm. You go through and you hear things. It's like, 
you know, you, it might not be exact as what the, you know, the original uh, is, but you'll, you'll be pretty darn close. I mean, to where you don't have to go through there and boy, can you can imagine what it would have been <laughs> when we were learning how to play music back. <laughs> we had what we had nowadays, you know, 40 years ago. Oh, I'm telling you, fortunately, you know, we were doing songs like that back then. I mean, there's pretty much three chord stuff. And, you know, a lot of the songs told a story. So it was, you know, you could really get into it and, and learn them. Of course, you have the cassette, you right. know, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> or the record, you know, and a lot of times, you know, with, with and I'm sure you know what I'm going with this, with the cassette. Yeah. You know, you'd, you'd uh, say, okay, we're going to go here. Here's your cassette. Here's your cassette. <laughs> and a lot of times they weren't, they didn't go around as fast as the other one did so you're learning something <laughs> e flat and something else is an e so you come to practice and, and you're learning you learn that oh man i you know, had this in e no we're doing this in e so what we would do finally we figured out said, we're going to do this in e you know we just kind of like okay well you but now you with a cd you know everything is going to be perfect so it's going to be you're learning something in g or f or mm. f sharp or whatever you know at least know what you're learning and not have to go through and say okay crap no i'm learning the song in between in between you know the, the frets here you know i'm trying to it's not f it's not f sharp it's somewhere between you know oh, i'm talking about god yes do i i call them chick chords because yeah, chick chords. <laughs> yeah they're chick chords because everything julie wants to do it's always in a it's it's in between <laughs> whole yeah, notes here. so right, what I, but i'm saying but even a lot of times back in the cassette days you know, your every cassette player didn't play exactly the same as one other, so you'd it would be like between mm -hmm. E and F, so you'd have to kind of tune your guitar <laughs> down. Or tune, so somebody else might have tuned it up to F, and you turned it down, tuned it down to, to E. You know, so you come to practice, and you're going, "Oh crap, we got to figure this out." Especially if we had more than three chords, you know, or four <laughs> chords or whatever. Well, I well, I had a guitar that uh, I had just specifically for that would, that would take the hit because you'd always have to tune them up or down just a little bit, and I'd tune them to the to the cassette song. Okay, yeah. You know, instead of trying to you know uh, get exotic or anything, so I'd 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 yeah I'd tune up or down just ever so slightly, and then I was able to play along with it, but. We'd all come to the conclusion that it was going to be in a particular key, but yeah, but there, there was those rogue ones where you'd get them and you go, well, you know, okay, I'm going to learn it in this key, and then yeah, you, do, you get it to practice. Well, no, we're going to do it in this key, and it's like, what? Oh, I remember those days so well, and, and especially for a guitar player, when you got to have something that's in an open key, like E. <laughs> you know what i'm talking about oh yeah where you're playing along and you gotta have an e kind of a open thing mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you've got, you got it all down note for note as close as you can get it mm -hmm. all of a sudden you come to practice and you know uh especially with a female singer you know you say, oh. well, we're, we're gonna do this in uh in g yep or, or f sharp uh, oh great yep. now i gotta go through here and try to figure that i gotta transpose this whole thing and try to but anyway, you sit over there in the corner somewhere trying to do a crash course and adjusting them up. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, it actually makes a better player out of you because you learn how to transpose. I I learned that years ago trying to, you know, when I played with different people. I mean, I back when I was I used to call it a band prostitute or band whore or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> go from one, you know, three or four bands playing at the same time. You'd go and you'd have a song down and and you'd. Be, if you sang it or you didn't sing it, you did it in a certain key. All of a sudden, you go and play with somebody else, and they did it in D, and you're used to doing it in A or some deal. Yeah. Oh, yep. Well, I know it. I, that, I've always maintained if you can't sing the song in the key that it's supposed to be in, then you shouldn't be singing the song. That's just me, right. you know? Right, but but what I'm talking about is if you didn't sing the song, for instance, you're oh. – like, see, here's a, good, here's a good example, Lion Eyes. Mm-hmm. That's not a kind of the song you can just transpose on stage without working it out, you know. <laughs> yep. No, I, I I get what you're saying exactly. Oh gosh. But, I don't know. It's it's just it's fun. That's the beauty of playing in the same band. You know, you sit in one band. I've always been like that. Anyway, I know you you were you were always moving around. I'd see you. Yeah, in I different did. Bands. I, I, I did it because I I just had that drive. I mean. I, I always wanted to play. I wanted to play every weekend. I always wanted to keep myself playing, you know. Mm -hmm. and I'd be uh, I'd be playing in a, you know, like sometimes I come out of my driveway, 
And I come down, I'm driving, all of a sudden I take a left on the main road, and I go down about three or four miles, and whoops, wrong band. <laughs> you turn, well, that was a country band. I was supposed to go over here and play with this band over here. It was a rock band. Whoops, okay. <laughs> so I, I go over and do this. I go back playing with Plain Jane and I play with them, and then all of a sudden, whoops, shit, I forgot. I got to go back here and play with, uh, you know, whatever country band I was playing with over in Pawpaw or some other deal, you know. So. But then, you know, it, it's just, it was it was kind of fun. I, I, I wouldn't do it now, but I'm going to glad i got it out of my system you know mm-hmm. no I, I i coming out of the gate i've always just sat with one band i don't know why i just never had the ambition to go jumping around of course i played you know i played pretty steady i think back now and back since what 82 or so when i really got going i really haven't stopped except say for probably the late 90s when things got crazy and the bars were cutting back and, and owners were being jerks and stuff and I, I just shut down completely for a couple of years. I remember that time when after the the uh, country thing stopped and then it went into the country rock and then next thing you know you had 25 bands trying to play in three bars. You know, and then <laughs> yeah. Was, yep. I remember those those days and um, but I, I I played you know all along usually in a band, but I was always playing in other bands at the same time. You know I mm-hmm. I just you know go along and somebody called me up, Kitty, you want to go and do this? And yeah, I, well yeah okay I'll play and it'd be in the middle of a snowstorm on the middle of January. <laughs> you know I drive over to up to God only knows Grand Haven or something. You know on a Saturday night cause we had that weekend off and I I need my head examined here. <laughs> <laughs> Dale Jeffries and I got caught like that a couple of times uh, back in the early '90s. We were got a got in the middle of a band, and uh, those guys were doing like uh, Grand Rapids, and then over west of us uh, around Coloma and stuff area. Oh, and, and oh, dude! And we're talking the dead of winter, and I had that old Chevy that I used to drive around in. Of course, I had Dale with me. Of course, we were like really into the super schnapps, peppermint schnapps. Oh boy! Yep. And just driving down the road and barely see ahead of you, just trying to find the place we were supposed to go play at, you know, and then we wonder how we even got there because the snow is just driving, you know, and you're thinking, man, all this for 40 bucks, <laughs> you know? Yep, exactly right, and that's what I did for years, and I and I know what you're talking about. You, it's just kind of because, you know, you you wanted to play. You mm-hmm. just wanted to you know, play, you know, and, um, and at one time I... Um, when I wasn't working, I, I needed the money a, a couple times, you know, and I, a few times, and I'd end up making the trip, you know, and yeah. go up to St. John's or some weird place. Oh, and, yeah. You're playing up there, a place called, uh, God, what's the name of that dive? I mean, you're talking about a dive. St. Um, John's. It was up, up, like, north of Lansing someplace. Uh, I've had to deliver up there to a couple of places, so I know exactly what you're talking about as far as the area goes. Yeah, it's a nice little cruise. We're on the outside of the place that says bar with the air, the A missing. One of those kind of places. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of that place? Uh, the H&H. 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 Never H&H. heard of that. I'll never forget that. It was Don Middlebrook put us up there one time with Zachariah. Oh, Middlebrook. Oh, God, what a mess that was. Went up there and they, they went from uh, top, no, they went from country to top 40 music. Ugh. And, and, and we went in there and there were, it was all Hispanic. I mean, not there wasn't one person in there that was, you know, a, you know, an American kind of, you know, white, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and we went in there, and here we are, a top forty band. Oh boy! And uh, so we're, and you know, we're thinking, okay, well, this ought to be interesting. So, and they and they had uh, this was going on here, and and they had a, 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 a Dijano or what do you want to call them, a Hispanic band. Uh-huh. That played after we played. This was the first gig we did, and we played, you know, maybe forty minutes, and then we took a break, and then they got up and then they played, and then they all get up and do their their dancing, and it was it was they be up the dance floor be packed. We get up there and play for forty minutes, and they all went back up to the bar and hung around and didn't even know we were playing. And so I we I, I called Middlebrook about probably the second set. I said, man, this ain't this is not really working out that well. Maybe you might want to not put us in here anymore. So he uh, ended up saying, well, you know, it's just, it's going to take a while. They're in a transitional, I says, transitional thing. I says, this is like, no, it's not working out well at all. (laughs) Well, 
anyway, they wanted us back the following weekend. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. Wow. But the, the following weekend, the, the Tijano band, they, they weren't there. So we had to play four sets to these people that didn't even like us. Oh, my God. So, Paid practice. Uh, oh, God. This is like an hour and a half from, from home uh, in the middle of January, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, but that was just one of the very, you've had some of these kind of things too. You go in there and you're thinking, what in the heck are we doing here? I mean, mm-hmm. you get yourself into some situations that you just, you know, you think, I gotta, you know, I'm about ready to get rid of my equipment here. <laughs> 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 With everything, you know? Yeah, we, that reminds yeah, we played a place over in Kalamazoo area. I can't even think of the name of it. Darn if I knew it. But we were we were like more rock band than country, but somehow we got booked over there and walked into the place and in the floor was inlaid the world word country music <laughs> in the dance floor. Oh boy. And I'm looking at that and I went, Really? This ought to work out well. Yeah. Oh man, so we come in there and set up, you know, it's kinda like a blues brothers situation, you know? And <laughs> you guys know the wreck of the old nine to seven? I went, uh, was it was it, was it uh, i think i know the the place uh it was kind of like in a real kind of a shady part of town yeah and darn it for any other time uh, i could tell you with in fact i got an old scrapbook and i even have that that flyer in there that we had for that place but i'll never forget that walking in there right there on the floor about it, i'm trying to remember where it's at um um you walk into the place and, and the, the the stage is all the way to the right side Mm, all the way down no when you walk in the front there it was straight back it was straight back and as you're walking up to it there's a dance area and it nicely engraved into the flooring tiled in was you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like i had uh oh gosh who was his i can't even think of his name now i'm so bad with names now I haven't I played him. I know you know who he is. He used to wear glasses, short black hair, little chunky dude. Oh, was he Wayne Terry or? Uh, no, not Wayne. That's the crazy uh, dude there. Yeah, he was. Um, good guy though. Oh uh, gosh, I think about him every once in a while. He used to I sit too. There. That guy was always he. He always used to do a lot of coke and stuff, didn't he? I don't know. I maybe he did. I don't. I, he was. A, I know he's a lot of dude. He, he played. He played down at Two Johns for a lot of years too with Bruce Garren and. Yes, he did. Uh, Southern Shine, that was a band, and then they played. Uh, oh crap! I can't remember. It, it was there were so many different things uh, in situations that happened. Well, I remember because he had a black Les Paul, and I think he had a PV Twin Classic, if I'm not mistaken, and. Every time I saw him, that guy was just all wild-eyed, but, man, he could play. He'd just go at it. we just sit there and stare at him like, how did he doing that? <laughs> Who's know? that? Who's that? He, Wayne? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Wayne. Yeah, he uh, he did. He, he was always, uh, you know, um, God, I remember the first song they always did it. I don't know why. God only knows why. The first song he always started out with, Operator, operator. Remember that song? <laughs> get, their, that get their sound and set I, up and shit. Yeah, yep. Yeah, but he was always moving around, kind of like uh, the guy from uh, Brooks and Dunn does. He just all over the place, you know, getting yep. going back, you know, just hyper and doing the whole thing. Oh yeah, he's all wide-eyed, man. He get that hand going, man. He just he was like totally into it. Had Good to... entertainer. You know, oh so. yeah, hell of a guy, man. I mean, he was like hundred miles an hour the whole time. Oh, yeah, sure Quite was. the character. <laughs> Not to change the subject, are uh, you still uh, flying at all? Are you flying, flying at all? Um, no, I haven't flown since, uh, what, 2010, I think. I, I was in a brand new um, 172. They were just starting to build them again. And I got a hold wow. of one that had less than 100, mile, my, 100 hours on it. And my brother and I rented it, and um, we took off uh, for Georgia and um oh some other places there we kept we were up for 10 hours we had it for 10 hours is that right 10 times yeah we took off from memphis went over to georgia uh flew into there peach peach tree to calb airport went in there um huntsville alabama went over there and then we flew all the way back and stopped over in uh germantown and uh, ate lunch and stuff, and it started getting dark, and then uh, we made it back to Memphis after that. And yeah, it would come up to ten hours of time, and then after that, I'd, I'd never flown. I haven't flown since, wow. but I do. 
I am heavy into the uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Are you familiar with that? No, I haven't. I haven't flown. In fact, I'm going to. I'm one mile down the road here from where Buzz Aldrin uh, did all of his flight training and uh, General McEnany and all those people. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm going to. I'm starting to get back into. That's why I was asking. Really? You. I haven't, yeah, I haven't uh, flown in God at least 15 years, and I. <sighs> to start uh, i gotta go do my biannual course and get myself back into it again but uh but boy up 10 hours i've never flown 10 hours at one time i guess so that's that's incredible holy cow well we started out what was it, it was on a friday we took off friday afternoon i flew to georgia and then took our we met our families up at different little restaurants at the airports there and took them up for a couple of circles you know and stuff and then he flew us back my brother flew us back all the way because he just got his license. So, really? Yeah, so we traded places, and uh, so he got the night flying part of it and everything. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We had, uh, you know, weather systems coming at us. It was really interesting a couple times. But with you having the experience you had, you had with, with the night flying, I'm sure he was probably a little, little nervous, wasn't he? Man, he was totally gun-ho over that. I mean, he'd had his license a little bit before I got down there to go flying yeah. with him like that so and he he really took to it nice he was a little nervous around busy airports so i, I handled the radios for that part because he'd get all flustered and I'd, I'd handle the radios and everything but as far as flying goes i mean he was right on it he was, he was a regular natural but and he's like me and i told him i said you know it's going to come and go you're going to really be gun-ho about flying and then you're going to sit for about a year or two just depends and sure yeah. enough there he's it's I don't think he flew maybe a couple of years after we got done, and I, I don't even think he's been flying since. So, <laughs> you know, you're right because you 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 go a year, you go six months without flying, mm -hmm. and you get a little rusty. You know, you got to keep doing it. You know, you yeah. especially with, with landing. You know, landing especially. But uh, well, yeah, that's why they want you to do the three takeoffs and landings. You know, it's honor system, of course. You know, and you. Sure put them in your logbook and i can't even i don't even know what i did with my logbook <laughs> i have no idea you, you, you fill it in every time you go up or do you just kind of no you no um no any anytime anything i did in that airplane even if i was riding along with somebody or something there i'd always make out the, the logbook it's just a lot yeah. of sloppy writing there i mean you know i'm not yeah. the <laughs> So, I mean, some of it was felt tip, so it got smeared sure, here yeah. and there. <laughs> I don't even know what I do with my license. I still have my original from 75. I kept it. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I don't. I, I laminated it way back in the day, back when uh, the Kitty Hawk restaurant. Remember that over at Kellogg Field? Oh, my God. I used to stop over my mother all the time. Yes, I used to love going here. You watch the planes come in. That's all I did. I'd skip school, stand outside there on the fence and watch them come and go. Oh, buddy. But they had a little laminate machine there back then, and I was just looking for something to do, and I was just dinking around. and So I laminated that, my license, and it lasted a good long time, but I I don't know what happened to it. I lost track of it. So. Yeah, I lost mine, too. Uh, I lost my uh, billfold uh, uh, once. Yeah. A couple times, actually, and had to get, you know, had to call the, uh, or actually uh, get on the website, the FAA, and get... Uh, get another one in there and i had to get actually when i moved down here i had to get the, the address changed get my license uh renewed but uh -huh. need to get in there and uh, get the uh get my biannual and um haven't uh haven't done that in quite a while here well, but i'm getting to know some of the people down here at uh, the airport and uh yeah you know and they're just great people so well you know what john um I, i'm you know my my big substitute is like microsoft come out with this about six months ago uh fs 2020 they call it and well, i went I so you, I, I was going to ask you let me find a pen here real quick hold on there is okay what's the uh what's the website um well actually you could just do a search microsoft uh uh fs 2020 and okay, so it's Foxtrot Sierra 2020? Correct. Yep. Okay. And uh, you get on YouTube, and there's videos out of people flying that thing. And, dude, it will blow your mind. I got so excited. I went out and bought a 34-inch curved screen monitor. And I've got all the – I've got the CH yoke and pedals and all that good stuff. 
And is that right? Oh, dude. Yeah, I've had – well, I've had all this shit since uh, the early 90s when uh, Flight Simulator first came out. In fact, I used to do scenery and everything. I was even in a couple of magazines because of that. But I, wow. Yeah, I was – and now, dude, I'm telling you what. They got real weather. They're actually using, um, like, Google Maps for the surface. So when you're flying, that's what you actually see over your head. So really, so you've got the you got the actual uh, sectional chart too. That that you does it work with that too? Oh yeah, I actually have a little program, uh, and I actually bought a ten inch tablet just for that, and it's called uh, let's see, flight uh, oh flight plan go. Flight plan go. Yep, it's right uh, it's uh, yeah, it's just uh, F L T P L A N go. F L T T P L A N A plan go and then go. You just look that up and you'll see it. Now that's what I use as a separate uh, sectional monitor. I have uh, updated uh, sectionals, and you can actually see your plane flying along as you're is flying. That right? Oh, dude, yeah. Oh man, this shit here has just come so far. That's awesome. I got a guy here that I met. Uh, they're uh, these guys are, uh, uh, one guy's a pastor and one guy's a, uh, uh, well, they both are, are Christian guys. Great, mm-hmm. great guys. And, uh, one guy here, he flew in Vietnam and he, he's, uh, it works for the sheriff's department as a civilian. I mean, he was, he's a, uh, he flew in Vietnam. No, he didn't even look like, he didn't, he didn't have that, uh, you know, that stereotypical <laughs> demeanor, uh, kind of a guy that just, uh, you know, that when they, he walks around in a green flight suit, like the guy, I don't know if you, I, the guy that I took my, um, my uh, check ride with uh, my God, you talking about feeling intimidated? I had like ten thousand hours in fixed wing and fifteen thousand. You know, uh, Don Goble, his name was. I don't know if you heard that guy's name, but Goble. he was guy that Don Goble. You heard of him? Man, I've heard that name. I've heard you say that name before. Oh God, you talking about intimidated? I went up there. You know, here I'm. I'm, I'm here. I got forty two or forty hours. Uh, you know, and I'm going up and doing my check ride, and this guy's over here talking to me about microbursts and all this kind of crap. That, my instructor didn't talk to me about, but, uh, so anyway, I, thank God I passed it. But anyway, this, uh, this guy here, uh, he's just, he just, just the nicest guy in the world. Doesn't even, doesn't have that demeanor at all. He just got a real nice guy talking about this, talking about that. Mm-hmm. And I went over there and he gave me a little, um, um, you know, he's, he's got a simulator down there at the, at the Bartow airport. And he's a, uh, he works for the sheriff's department and he does, he flies a sheriff, uh, helicopter, him and an, some kid, he's probably maybe mid sixties. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need to do it. He just loves loves flying. Oh yeah. And uh, boy, he gave me a little uh, demonstration there in, in the in the helicopter. And you talking about some of the stuff they've got nowadays with uh, some of the digital, uh, you know, um, oh shoot, uh, flight um, software and all this other stuff they've got inside the actual thing. It well, it's a G one. It's a it's a Garmin G one thousand. It's a screen. Is what it is. Well, that, that's that's that. But I'm talking about the actual helicopter that he flies. Oh, well. Oh my God, you talking about a, uh, an incredible thing? But as far as that, I think I think he said something about that that he has that that he told he told me I can go in there anytime I want to and and, and, um, and I think it was a Garmin. Maybe it was that. Yeah, that's what they all the that's what's on these airplanes here in this flight simulator. It's the G one thousand. Garmin, it's just like a TV screen. You can actually see the the ground is superimposed, so you can actually see as you're coming up to airports and all that other good stuff. It's uh, it's amazing. Right? Oh, dude, you got to check it out. Check out videos. Uh, get on YouTube and and check that out, and you'll see some guys that uh, you know they'll just be flying along, and you just kind of get to watch what they're doing, and uh, it'll just amaze you how far this has come. It's it's just oh, incredible. Man. I mean, uh, you know, and uh, along with that, I went to a thing here about a year ago. Uh, well, they had a, I just wanted to, I was, you know, it was free to go to, so I went to it, and they had these guys that were, um, been flying for, at the kids, of course, they were probably 30 years old, been flying for years, mm-hmm. and uh, they had all this uh, avionic stuff they had, and all this other stuff, it's like, you know, these guys, you don't even really need, there's no pilotage anymore, any dead reckoning, it's like, oh, I, I, I yeah. sit there the whole time thinking to myself, <laughs> can you guys fly the plane? 
<laughs> you, just, you just plug in the GPS and everything does everything for you. It tells you the, you know, the, I mean, does all the calculations for everything. You don't have to worry about just going there, boom, 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 boom. Yep. And you go, and I'm thinking, if you guys get lost, can you fly yourself back? Well, that's, you know, that's just it. I see that going on and I'm thinking, man, if something ever goes out, you're in a world of hurt because you only have um, basic instruments as backups as opposed right. to that screen. Yeah, you know, you know and, I mean, and using dead reckoning that we were taught, you know, and piloted to be able to to figure out, you know, you, how you go through and do all your calculations before you go up, you know, with, you know, <laughs> the winds aloft and you know your density altitude and all that other kind of stuff. And well, that, and yeah. these guys just don't, they just go through and you push a button, boom, 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 all that stuff comes up on the screen. I'm thinking, this is really cool, but uh, just out of curiosity, if you're up there, you know, you're you know you're three or four hundred miles away from home, and all of a sudden everything goes to Black. heck on you. And you mm-hmm. You've got you know, two miles of visibility, uh, what, what are you going to do? I've uh, watched uh, videos online of real uh, people that, you know, real problems, and they do a reenactment of it where that situation has happened where a guy, his vacuum pump went out. And oh, boy. He was he was uh, instrument rated, but he was above the clouds, and he was in a hurry. He just had to get back home, and he had a couple of openings where he could have brought it down and parked it. But he just had to get home, and he got caught up in the clouds, and he started descending down. And then they just talk about how he just started making the big circle, and boom, son of a bitch died just because his vacuum pump went out, and he was just in a hurry to get home. Yeah. Did he, did he, hit, did he hit somebody or just what no. happened? No, he's, he, he got down in that graveyard spiral thing. And, oh. I mean, it was bad all the way down. I don't think it's about 800-foot ceilings. God. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, man. And he had so many opportunities. And the ATC operators were really kind of hinting around to him. It's like, you know, you could go over here five miles to the east, you know, and sit down and figure it out. And the guy's going, well, I'll think about it as he's flying along. And, of course, he's starting to run low on fuel. And it was all catching up with him. I mean, these yeah. are actual incidents reenacted. And it was just like scary as all get out. You know, oh people people are so focused on getting home, you know. And I can see that. I remember my uh, cross country coming back from Green. Was it Green Greenville or some? Oh, Ionia, north. Was, yeah, up north. Yeah, Greenville. And I remember coming back, and uh, it was my first cross country. And I, came, I was coming back, and I remember coming over Grand Rapids, and all of a sudden, the uh, you know I checked the weather and everything else. All of a sudden, the cloud, uh, you know, the cloud uh, layer came right straight down and hit the top <laughs> of the plane. I'm going, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, I kept I kept myself right on uh, you know track, but I I couldn't see anything, and and I got a hold of Grand Rapids. I says, well, I'm running into a little bit of a problem here. I'm a V you know VFR pilot, mm-hmm. and I don't uh, and I, I my visibility is zero. He goes, well, that's not a good situation to be in, is it? And I said, well, no, it's not. He said, well, just go ahead and, and lower yourself here. I, I think it went down like 500 feet, so I could at least see where I was going. It was mm-hmm. still really bad. I didn't want to nail some uh, tower. Oh gosh, exactly. So, so I'm coming back, and I, I mean, you're talking about it's just like having a sheet in front of your face. And, <laughs> yep. and I can I can see now why we went through the old uh, you know the IFR training there, uh, you know with uh, you know with the hood. And thank God we went through it, so you can keep an eye on your gauges and understand you know, make yourself going straight and you know, end up going you know into a spiral like the guy did, or yeah, or end up sideways going, or whatever upside down. Well that well that was it because uh just before I got my license that stuff kicked in you had to have 3 hours of night flying and 3 hours of instrument basic instrument training Exactly right yeah and they would put you in those weird predicaments and then they go okay you take over and then you'd have to straighten it out and bring it back under around. a hood yeah. yeah under a hood man you're down I remember. <laughs> sweating away you know accelerated stalls and all that good yeah. stuff okay it's yours what <laughs> Yeah, in, in, in unusual attitude, as they would call it. It's, yeah, it's not, not it's not your unusual attitude. It's it's the unusual attitude of the plane. Exactly. <laughs> you know? But you know what? I was always, I got you know, I got I was nervous because of the feeling, you know, that messing with sure. your head and everything. But I was always comfortable with watching those instruments because you know you had a set way of bringing it back around, leveling it out, getting the power going again. And and so I I didn't have really any problems with that. I was pretty comfortable. I mean, because what they the whole idea was is if you ever hit clouds like you said, it it would have enabled you to make a turn back to get back out right. of it safely. Right. 
you know. Exactly, and I, I didn't have any problem either with with doing it, you know, uh, when we were simulating it. But uh-huh. boy, when you're driving, you're flying along, and all of a sudden, I was probably thirty. I'm going to say maybe half an hour away from uh, uh, Kalamazoo. Oh, yeah. And you know, and I'm going along, and it was just like a just having a white sheet in front of your your windshield, <laughs> you know. And I'm going along. Oh, this is going to be nice. Now, yeah. here, what do I get myself into? <laughs> so I told the guy I had to kind of tell him, you know, and he kind of got me going along. He said, "Just keep going. Just stay VFR." You're, I said, "Well, I'm not really VFR. I'm IFR." He says, "Yeah, well, you're you're, you're VFR, but uh, you're an IFR situation, so we're trying to help you here." <laughs> so, well, at least you, got me at least you told him about it. I think that's probably why you know. And he said he did. He's, we were kind of talking. He says a lot of guys won't won't tell that. They'll just say, "Well, because they're too proud." Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, they end up, you know, being tangled around, uh, you know, uh, wire. Well, I kind of enjoy life here, so I kind of, you know, we we're just talking like we were like you and I are talking. You know? Yeah. And he got me back, and, uh, and 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 you know, I told my instructor about it. He says, "Yeah." He says, "He says that's why." I says, "Well, I'm telling." He says, "Your your 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 minimums will decrease as you go along." I says, "Dave, no, they won't." I don't care what you say. I, if, if I don't feel comfortable, I'm not going up. Period. I don't care no, what happens. Uh-uh. No, I was, no, I was like that too. It had to be really, really decent out. And 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 if it does did look a little dicey, I'd stay real close. Oh, yeah. I would too. You know, yeah. doing doing a special VFR, doing some touch and goes around Kalamazoo. Uh-huh. You know, with the, the cloud layer is just like touching the top of the plane. You know, you're going along. You know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he says, "Yeah, you'll you'll get more confident." I says, "Nah, I don't care. I don't care if I've got forty thousand hours. If it's like this, I ain't mm-hmm. gonna do it. Exactly. It's not, it's not fun. It's not any fun, you know." So. Well, that's it. Yeah, you you know, you get yourself in a mess like that, and now it's work, and then you're like, yeah. "Okay, I've yeah. got to do something." <laughs> yeah, it's either that, or I'm gonna end up, uh, you know, uh, you know, when they say uh, it's better to be up or uh, on the ground wishing you were flying than yeah. flying wishing you're on the ground. <laughs> Oh, that is so true. Oh man. Well, you know what, John? We uh we've been going almost an hour, buddy. Are you kidding? No, it's about six o'clock. And uh I tell you what, I knew this was gonna happen. I get to talking with you, man. I have a lot of fun with this and uh, Oh, I do too, man. I just uh, it's good talking to you and uh we're gonna we got a uh, uh gotta go up here in June. Um uh, hopefully the state's not gonna be still locked down up there. Uh yeah. Uh, my mother passed away. Mother-in-law passed away about three or four weeks ago. We got to go mm. up there for that, uh, and then plus we got our our uh, reunion, uh, all-school reunion in Springfield ah, uh, yeah. in June. So we'll have to catch up when I stop on up. Sure, no problem, man. We'll make the hook up and see what's up. Maybe you'll be playing or something, and I'll be able to stop out and check you guys out. That'd be cool, John. That'd be cool, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for calling, brother, and uh, everybody out there in uh, podcast land. I hope uh, I hope you guys are all doing well, and uh, we'll, uh, it's been a pleasure and a privilege to talk to Mr. Frank here. Oh, hey, no problem. Oh, and uh, you can catch this, John. I know you were asking about where you could find this at. You go to Spreaker.com or Anchor.com or just do a Google search for Frank Betts Live, and you'll spot the podcast. Yeah, I've done it a few times. It's still kind of hard to find you. Um, hmm. Spreaker.com, and what was the other one? Uh, Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R.com. .com, okay. Yeah. And, and when you, will that be available? Well, um, it'll probably take me, for, I don't know, probably about 10 minutes to uh, edit it down and get it the way I want it, and then uh, it'll be up for uh, grabs here probably within the next half hour. Sounds good. You changed your microphone, too, man. That audio sounds fantastic. You know what it is? I got me a... Uh, it's a... Uh, Oh, let me see here. I want to make sure I get this straight. <laughs> it's a well, it's it's a, a road podcaster mic and very popular. Road. Yep, road. Yeah, it's got, it's got good good quality uh, right around the four K, two K. You got a rise in there. It sounds really really articulate. It's got a beautiful tone to it. Well, I love it, man. I, I it it's very hard to find for some reason. They are always out of them, and I just happened to catch B and H having them on sale. They they, they do you have a, do you have any kind of a, do you have a an equalizer or like compression or is it just the the microphone itself? Well, I've got a Zoom podcast. Um, it's called a Live Track L eight Zoom. It's a little uh, a board, six channel board, and I've got all kinds of a uh, you know I can basic EQing with it. But it's really, it's mostly the mic. 
you know, I'm about two. I wouldn't change a thing, man. You got it. It's just, it's you got it dialed in perfectly because I can. <laughs> I mean, everything is just. I mean, a lot of times I've. I mean, you hear some people on podcasts a lot of times, and they. Mm-hmm. <laughs> better it's just really you know kind of hollowy kind of you know honky sounding but you got it perfect i wouldn't change a thing well i'm not and i appreciate the the thought on that john okay brother well nice talking to you and uh, good luck with everything and looking forward to seeing you again sounds good john we'll catch you later bud all right brother take her easy all right bye yeah bye all right john gooch that was great man talking to him all the way down from florida where I'm sure it's nice out, probably at least in the 70s or whatever. Here we are sitting here in 5 and 10 degrees weather. But, hey, you know, that's the roll of the dice. But thank you, John Gooch. Appreciate it, buddy, and uh, we'll talk to you sometime again.